Good morning, Sam. I hope you get the feeling better before you have to take to the road. <laughs> Welcome back, mi amigos. It's time for another 10-minute adventure with Jim Hinckley. This week on 10 Minutes with Jim, our alphabetical odyssey along Route 66 continues. And, of course, as always, there will be a whole lot of road trip inspiration. Then we'll wrap it up with a few notes and updates from Jim Hinckley's America. Do you remember what I said last week? The best adventures are shared adventures. So I hope you're sharing this one with a friend or two. First thing this morning, we need to give a shout out to Joe and Boys of the Road Crew for our theme song. As it says, come along for the ride. Check out their other tunes at roadcrew66.com, especially one of my favorites, Under the Neon. And of course, we need to give a shout out to this week's sponsor. Grand Canyon Caverns and Inn. Spelunking, wheelchair accessible tours, the Caverns Grotto that offers fine dining 200 feet underground, and excellent pie. These are but a few of the things that make it quite a special place for me and my dearest friend. And of course, this program and Jim Hinckley's America are also made possible through the magic of crowdfunding. Our crowdfunding initiative is found on the Patreon platform at p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Jim Hinckley's America. This week our adventure begins in Tulsa, Oklahoma with the historic Blue Dome Station, centerpiece for the Blue Dome Art District. The Blue Dome Station, located at the corner of 2nd Street and Elgin in Tulsa, dates to 1925. The station built by T.J. Chastain marked the first endeavor to diversify the business of Chastain Oil Company, a manufacturer and distributor of petroleum products in Tulsa. Initially, the station, with its distinctive blue dome that served as living quarters for the manager, was the first retail outlet for Super Oil Products, a division of the Chastain Oil Company. Expansion of the product line in 1928 was resultant of Chastain's acquisition of the Tulsa County rights to distribute Tidal products. The station was one of the first in Oklahoma to offer a car wash as well as free pressurized air. The overwhelming success of this The overwhelming success of the station prompted the construction of a second identical one at the corner of 4th Street in Detroit. Resultant of their rarity, postcards promoting either station rate quite highly among collectors of Route 66 memorabilia, and they often sell for more than $100. Now I get a bit claustrophobic in any town with more than three stoplights. Still, the Blue Dome and other locations in Tulsa make it easy for me to put aside my deep affection for open places. The Route 66 corridor in this town is lined with surprises and treasures like the Campbell Hotel. Our next stop is considered a crown jewel of the Route 66 Renaissance. Construction of the Blue Swallow Motel listed in the National Register of Historic Places in 1993 in Tucumcari, New Mexico commenced in 1939. Ted Jones, a prominent area rancher, purchased the property from W.A. Huggins in 1942. The 1954 AAA Directory of Western Accommodations promoted the Blue Swallow Motel as one of New Mexico's most popular motels. 
The list of amenities available included air conditioning by refrigeration, automatic heat, tiled baths, heated and locking garages, connecting units, and the availability of baby beds. After the death of Jones and his wife in the late 1950s, the manager of the Bonanza Motel, Floyd Redman, acquired the property and presented it to his future wife Lillian as an engagement present in 1958. The Redmonds operated the motel as a team through 1973, the year that Floyd died, and then Lillian solely operated the property until 1998. Under the stewardship of new owners, Hilda and Dale Bakey, renovation commenced in 1998 and continued with the next owners, Bill Kinder and Terry Johnson, who had relocated to Tucumcari from Bullhead City, Arizona. The motel with a sign installed by the Redmonds in 1960 and refurbished with monies from a cost-share grant received from the National Park Service Route 66 Corridor Preservation Project is now a favored stop for Route 66 photographers and travelers alike. In July of 2011, a new chapter for the historic property commenced with its acquisition by Nancy and Kevin Mueller. Now, let's continue the adventure with another stop in New Mexico. Spanish colonists in the area called the area north of the Zuni Mountains Agua Azul, Blue Water. In 1819, the creek by this name was designated the southern boundary of Navajo country in the Navajo-Spanish Treaty. The first establishment of a community on the site dates to the creation of a railroad camp on the Atlantic and Pacific Railroad in late 1880. Mormon settlers built a dam at the confluence of Blue Water and Cottonwood Creeks three miles to the west shortly after this date. After 1890, reference indicates a farming community near the dam named Mormontown. Would you care to guess what group of pioneers settled here? With abandonment of the railroad camp and the establishment of a post office, the name officially became Blue Water. How about one more from New Mexico? Bosque Farms. There are references to a farming community named Bosque de los Pinos or, or near this site as early as the mid-18th century. The first documentation of settlement at the present site dates to an 1848 reference to a farming community named Bosque Redondo. In the late 19th century, Solomon Luna operated a large ranch and sheep farm from this location. His son, Eduardo Artero, played a key role in the establishment of the Middle Rio Grande Conservancy District, a foundational component of a government resettlement project during the 1930s. The Bosque Farms name dates to this resettlement project for families displaced by the Dust Bowl in 1934 and 1935. The association with Route 66 terminated with realignment of the highway in 1937. Now here's one for you. Like, if you're like me, you've probably been curious about Bourbon, Missouri. Well, in about 1852, the store owned by Richard Turner became a favorite watering hole for local railroad construction workers as he was among the first importers of bourbon whiskey to the area. As a result, the establishment known locally as Bourbon Store became a cornerstone for a small community developed at this location. The hotel, garage, service station, and AAA club directory for 1927 list available services as Bourbon Garage. By the mid-1940s, travelers on Route 66 had more options for service, including the Rotemeyer Garage, 
a facility listed in the service station directory published by AAA in 1947, cabins, gas stations, and several cafes. Water towers emblazoned with bourbon on the sides have long been a landmark of note for travelers. To wrap up this week's odyssey, let's head for coal country in Illinois. Founded shortly before the advent of the American Civil War, this town was named for the hometown of B.R. Downed. Some records indicate the name is Dowd, the first township supervisor. Initially, the designation was Braysville, but with the establishment of a post office in March of 1865, it officially became Braceville, resultant of poor penmanship. The discovery of large coal deposits shortly after this date sparked a boom that transformed the sedate farming community. By 1880, estimates placed the population at more than 3,000, and the business district included two banks, six general stores, a hotel, several restaurants, and more than a dozen other businesses, including a few houses of ill repute. The boom lasted until 1910, and a miners' strike that proved to be the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back for the Braceville Coal Company. Within six months of the mine's closure, the population dropped by more than 80%. In a 1946 guidebook for Route 66 claimed that the population was 321 and said that this town is but a remnant of a once thriving coal town. The book also noted there were a few gas stations, several cafes, and a small garage. Removal of a vintage bridge southwest of town in 2001 truncated Route 66. To a large degree, the town remains as described by Rittenhouse in 46, with the exception of a few small businesses. Then there is Braidwood, Illinois. The namesake for Braidwood was James Braidwood, a steamship engineer that immigrated to the United States from Scotland in 1863, who was instrumental in the development of the coal mines in Will County. The initial coal discovery came with the digging of a well on a farm owned by Thomas Byron in 1865. Establishment of a town and a post office in 1867 followed development of the mine, and Braidwood quickly developed a reputation for lawlessness. The election of town officials in April of 1876 culminated in a fight at the polls, the disarming of the town marshal, a riotous crowd, the stealing of the records, and the beating of the ballot counter. On February 1883, a massive cave-in at the diamond mine owned by the Wilmington Coal Mining and Manufacturing Company. On February 16, 1883, a massive cave-in at the diamond mine owned by the Wilmington Coal Mining and Manufacturing Company resulted in the deaths of almost 50 miners, 46 of whose bodies were never recovered. As two were aged 13 and one was 14, the event became a national sensation fueling, fueling the growing cry for child labor laws. As two were aged 13 and one was 14, the event became a national sensation fueling the growing cry for child labor laws. A devastating fire swept through the business district in the spring of 1879, leveling almost the entire town. Among the men who helped rebuild Braidwood was a recent immigrant from Italy, Peter Rossi. The Rossi family would later open businesses along Route 66, but those, my friends, are stories for another day. Well, amigos, that was a very fast 10 minutes. 
For more information about the places discussed today and our upcoming travel schedule, check out the destination page. Well, amigos, that was a very fast 10 minutes. For more information about the places discussed today and our upcoming travel schedule, well, amigos, that was a very fast 10 minutes. For more information, well, amigos, that was a very fast 10 minutes. For more information about the places discussed today and our upcoming travel schedule, check out the destinations page at jimhinkleysamerica.com or the Facebook page. Take care, my friends. See you next week for another adventure, unless we meet on the road beforehand. Vaya con Dios.